Our guest this week is Mandy Kruger. Mandy is a Strategic Operations Director with extensive experience delivering client-focused projects and services. She has experience within both emerging and developed markets across Europe, Africa, Central America, Southeast Asia and Caribbean, so she's pretty well travelled. Mandy tells her story and how she started and worked her way up in executive management. Her main strength in the industry is to enable mobile operators to develop new revenues by utilising their existing assets. You won't be surprised to learn one of the main assets they also they underestimate is their customer relationships. Mandy has a great story and I think you'll enjoy hearing about her experience. She also nominates a great song to play out on. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer Digital Onboarding. During these times of COVID and falling sales, Digital onboarding is the answer to new customer acquisition. If you are a telco, an MVNO, or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal cloud-delivered solution for you. You can onboard your new customers or business account customers remotely at a fraction of your normal onboarding costs. The Netzer Digital Onboarding Solution will ensure your customer onboarding experience is easy and painless will integrate with your BSS, OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Okay, welcome to the podcast, and this week we have a fantastic guest with Mandy Kruger. Mandy is an international businesswoman with a great deal of expertise in enabling mobile operators to monetize their assets. And to be honest, from my experience, mobile operators rarely squeeze all the revenues they can get out of the customer relationships they have. But first of all, Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pat. Thanks so much for having me. And it's great to be a part of this initiative. No, you're welcome. And uh, people might detect by your accent that you're from some part of Africa, shall we say? Born and bred South African. Um, <laughs> so you're a Springbok fan, I guess. I am a big rugby fan. Very much support the Springboks, and especially when it comes to the Springboks and the Irish playing together. So yes, big, big, big sports fan. Oh yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think the South Africans just died in the world sports fans. So but anyway, look, maybe talk a little bit about your career, Mandy. You've been around the world and quite an interesting story. Yes, I started off my career back in 2006 at Vodacom in South Africa when mobile advertising was in the infant stages and messaging was seen purely as a person-to-person communication tool. I was lucky to work with a wonderful team at that stage and with great partners and we launched award-winning applications that drove a mobile-first communication and customer engagement into the telco as a new revenue stream. This was not part of the traditional mobile operator revenue, and it was able to grow the revenue incrementally other than just voice and messaging and retail revenue for the mobile operators. It's been a while since then, but since then I've been I've, see, I've seen mobile and messaging communications and marketing evolve into a billion-dollar industry which has been driven mainly by always-on connected digital customer and the emerging technologies that have taken place since about 2016 that are disrupting the existing business models for not only mobile operators but for other industries out there. Throughout my career, I have worked on award-winning projects for mobile operators and their partners, including 
Some of the projects that I can mention are rolling out end-to-end -end mobile advertising business divisions for mobile operators, the data monetization and customer engagement platforms, centralization of the messaging hubs and networks, and indirectly rolling out the A2P strategies and messaging security strategies from conceptualization all the way through to launching a profitable business and taking it to market. Okay, so, so essentially you bring extra revenues to mobile operators by sweating the assets, primarily their, their customer relationship. Yes, um, so it's pretty much about me being passionate about seeing how mobile operators can gain back control of their network and actually realize the true value of the existing assets while focusing on not only what they've currently got in their portfolio, but also on future opportunities that are evolving through the fourth industrial revolution, through 5G, and through the fact that mobile operators are needing to move from the traditional telco into a more digital telco industry. And you've done this with a good number of mobile operator groups. Maybe just go through that for the, for the audience. Yes, as mentioned, I'm a seasoned global traveler and I've worked in over six continents so far throughout my career. A uh -huh. few more continents I would love to tackle, but I've had the privilege of working with mob mobile operators across Africa, the Caribbean, Central America, South Pacific, as well as Europe. And these mobile operators include Vodacom, Vodafone, Barty Etel, MTN Group, Digicel Group, and the recent Vion Group. Okay, so uh, in broad terms, it will be Vodacom, NTN, Digicel, and Vion. Correct. There's, yeah, so that's quite a range and quite a, a broad range of cultures. How do you find working across different cultures? And sometimes I say this as a woman, I don't mean you might face different challenges coming into you know different societies. I have actually never, ever had that problem. Um, <laughs> I, I was warned before I started working in Africa saying that because I'm a blonde woman with green eyes, I need to darken my hair color and change it because I won't be accepted. I never had that problem. I've always been respected at a senior level within these operators. And I've, I've honestly sat at a board level and presented at a board level where I've been welcomed into the fold. People value my input. And I just think I gained the trust of the people. So never had that problem. So I can't really comment on that. <laughs> with working with multicultural teams, I absolutely love it. Every country is different. Every market and every mobile operator within a country is different. So you do need to adapt to the local cultures. And because I'm a people's person, I adapt very quickly. So love the culture, love the diversity of the cultures and the different regulations and ways of working in each individual country. Yeah, well, funny, that sort of blows my theory out of the water because I'd say a lot of it's due to you, Mandy. We had uh, Claude Durkin on last week and she worked in Africa too and she found more problems dealing with European cultures. She found Correct. it totally accepted in Africa. But, you know, it was, she said European cultures could be a bit more difficult. But again, she's sort of like you. She's a smart, tough person, so she makes it work. But, you know, when you go into – what sort of process do you go to when you go into an operator to try and identify what they should be doing? So initially, um, we would go in and we would analyze exactly what's happening. We would start off, number one, with their messaging and what is happening on the messaging because – with messaging and with A2P and mobile communications, it's all actually 
an end-to-end -end value solution for your customers. So it all fits into a, a value chain and they all slot in very closely together. So once we get an overview of what's happening on the network and what products and services are they selling, what are their, their pricing models and what are their sales teams doing, we then go in and we, we do the analysis we look at the potential revenue and work out a business model, and then we do suggestion on how do we grow existing products? How do we, we cross-sell existing products? And then what new products can we launch to actually drive growth and new revenue streams for the mobile operator? And typically, what sort of businesses have you developed after going through that process? We have successfully launched customer engagement platforms. I've got great partners, that technical, technical partners that I work with, successfully seen customer success rates from where they spent only 10% of their digital or their marketing budget on mobile to spending up to 90% of their budget. That's revenue for the mobile operator. So instead of advertisers and big corporations out there and industries out there spending their budget on print media and traditional media, they're switching their spend to the digital media. And that is all done through the business unit that we set up for the mobile operator. You're right on the cusp of it there with the move to digital. Strange how poorly operators don't monetize that because they're right at the heart of it. I realize they're part of the value chain, usually the communications part, but they still have a strong marketing presence, a strong brand. Mobile operators' brands, their, their brand is, their, is one of the biggest draw cards when you're launching new digital media businesses within the telco environment. This business entity is a non-traditional mobile operator environment. It's not just purely voice and messaging. It's a totally new area. And a lot of the time you'll find that the mobile operators might not have the resources or the expertise within the, the, the environment. And that's where the consultants come in. How do we educate the market, not only the mobile operator and their teams, but also the outside external customer? Um, we all understand, yes, we're going to place an ad in the newspaper or we're going to do web advertising, but how do we understand that whole omni-channel? If I'm on my mobile phone, how can I immediately switch onto my iPad? How can I switch onto my broadband advertising? So it's all about that omni-channel experience, the end-to-end -end customer experience. And in future with RCS coming in, it's all about that conversational commerce. How do you keep the, the, the customer in one environment, in one platform, and not having to jump to different platforms in order to close a deal or a sale? Okay. And in, in, in broad terms, I mean, this is sort of how long is a piece of string question, but suppose, you know, an operator turns over a couple of hundred million, what sort of extra revenues do you think you could bring to them if everything goes right? It varies from the mobile operator. I've worked in emerging markets and I've worked in um, developed markets. And the strange thing is that the emerging markets, the operators in emerging markets actually see a higher return on investment mm. um, for this type of business and this new business area than, than in developed markets. You can see up to, we, we've, I've seen mobile operators bring an additional income of incremental revenue of about 100% increase. Wow. So it all depends on the mobile operator and the market you're going in. What's nice about this business area, it's high gross profit margin area. So you can earn up to gross profit margins of up to 95%. Wow, that's, that's attractive. 
And what, what sort of problems would you face when you go into an organization? What's the typical issues you might have to come up against? And if you have some anecdotes, that would be interesting. Yeah, so typical typical stumbling blocks and roadblocks are normally legacy platforms and systems within a mobile operator. The way technology has evolved, there's a ways and means of overcoming that with launching these products and services as microservices on top of existing core networks. Resources. A lot of the mobile operators are all going through the whole digital transformation, trying to become digital telcos versus bring the traditional telcos. So their technical resources are locked into other projects and services, and this might not be the forefront of or their focus area. So that's definitely one of the major stumbling blocks is resources. And then, of course, the knowledge. How do we take the product to market? What is the product for our end customer? How do we prevent customers from being spammed and for, from being abused by advertisers? So that's where the whole A2P and securing the network and the revenue assurance comes in. And that's why I say that from A2P to mobile advertising to mobile communication, it's all one value chain and an end-to-end value chain that needs to be addressed. Part of that, I presume, is setting up relations, business relationships with advertising partners, probably international ones, probably local ones. How do you find that process? Correct. That that process is is, is great, um, especially with all the aggregators that you have out there at the moment that are driving the enterprise communications. With regards to your OTT players, um, I've successfully um, negotiated deals for mobile operators with the big OTT players like Facebook, WhatsApp, Twitter, and those are the key partnerships to have because those are the partners that are going to be reselling the connectivity to your network to their customers. So immediately you're growing your, 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 your face value and your brand value because it's part of a connected strategy. Very interesting. So you're sort of, uh, everything comes in the, the one parcel. You, know, you can set up the business, organize the systems and get the partners to work with. So oh, that sounds like a deal, Mandy. <laughs> so, so my key focus and my business passion is about marrying oper- the strategy, the operations and the technical. How do we get the technical um, teams and the technical to understand what do we need out of a business to grow the business and bring in revenue? How do the business team understand what the impact is on the technical platform? So it's really about marrying that and driving the strategy, operations and technical for success. Well, look, that's brilliant, Mandy, and uh, thanks very much for, for explaining what you do and how you bring value to operators. I think a lot of people will find this interesting. So at this stage in the podcast, I always ask the guests, is there a song they'd like to play out on? And I don't know if you have had a chance to think something up, but I always enjoy I, this part. <laughs> I have. Um, I've chosen the song I Live from One Republic. It's a song that reminds me always to take risks. I've always taken risks from the countries I've worked in to the customers that I've worked with and to, to launching new, new innovative ideas and, and, and strategies. It puts a person's day in perspective and it helps me to look back on where I've come and how far I've come in my career and, and my life. And I think it's never re- regret the mistakes. And especially now with COVID, how are we going to remember what we did during COVID? Did we sit back on the couch and watch TV or did we go out and look for new opportunities out of COVID has brought to the world? And I think for telcos, COVID should be bringing a lot of opportunities. Yeah, well said, Manny. I think they I never really realised, I think, how strong they are with the brand and their, with their positioning. So 
I can see you make a big difference in that respect. Thank you very much, correct. <laughs> oh, thanks. Okay. Hi, we normally don't introduce the songs in the podcast, but I wanted to give some context to this song. We're using the official One Republic video, and in it, it has one of their fans, Brian Warnicke, who suffers from cystic fibrosis, and he tells his story. I think you'll enjoy it. Fantastic song, fantastic story. Cystic fibrosis is a disease that attacks the digestive system and slowly shuts down the lungs. The mucus in everyone else's lungs is more watery, so you guys can clear it easier. But when it comes to my lungs, the mucus is very syrupy. I've been doing my treatments every day of my life, so to me it's just one of those things that are normal. My name is Brian Warnicke and I've been living with cystic fibrosis for 15 years. Hope when you take that jump, you don't feel the fall. Hope when the water rises, you build a wall. When the crowd screams out, you're screaming your name Hope if everybody runs, you choose to stay When I first found out the life expectancy for the first time, it really scared me. Right now it's up to about 36. It's just one of those things that really makes you appreciate life. It makes you appreciate where you are as a person. Hope that you fall in love and it hurts so bad Feels like I'm breathing through a straw. Whenever I try to breathe hard, it hurts. I want to make the most out of my life and have as much fun as I possibly can, and my biggest fear is not being able to do that. Hope that you spend your days, but they all add up. I'll say I... 